Yo, Yiggity, you already know who it do. It's D Willie, and welcome to Life on Earth, round two, baby. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. So we got a lot planned for y'all today. This is the second round of uh, the first Life on Earth podcast that I did last week. I'm a little disappointed in myself, man. I was supposed to do two last week. But there's this weird freaking uh, stomach bug that's going around Phoenix, I think. A lot of people are uh, getting sick and throwing up in the mornings and then feel a little bit better during the day. Throwing up again at night. And unfortunately, I got struck by that stupid little bug. I was throwing up all all day, all morning on Friday, which is the exact time that I had to uh, do the podcast and have a little guest on there. But... Had to reschedule that. It's all good, though. Uh, we rescheduled that for next Friday. We'll have that pop in in a couple days. But in the meantime, we got the normal Monday podcast scheduled. Got a lot to talk about, planned. And uh, let's get right to it. So uh, last week, uh, I had a question of the week. It was, uh, what is your best cure for a bad day? I got, you know, some responses Everybody's lagging on me. So, I mean, obviously, as this podcast gains a little bit of popularity and get some cool, cool people on here, we'll get some more replies to that question, hopefully. But I got a few, and I'll, I'll lob it in here right now so y'all could listen. Hi, my name is Sam. I'm from Arizona. And I think the best cure for a bad day is going to the gym and spending time outside. My name's Avi Montoya, and I'm from Tucson, Arizona. And the cure to a bad day is just uh, a nice workout, like basketball. That's my favorite. My name is Rashawn Thompson. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. And a cure to a bad day is lifting the weights. But yeah, uh, thank you to everybody who did reply and did have an answer to that question. Appreciate y'all. Maybe y'all can make another appearance. in the weeks to come but uh yeah we'll have another question at the end and anybody who wants to reply anybody's listening and wants to hear their voice on this podcast or be a part of the little journey that we're doing here then just let me know reach out and we'll get that soundbite on there next week but uh yeah man last week was a good week uh it's starting to you're actually starting to feel the pressure of the sun in arizona right now so there's a little fine line between like springtime and summertime where like for some reason it's beautiful weather man you can go sit by the pool not get in because the water is still a little cold but you can go sit by the pool tan get that vitamin d you know get that that's that skin looking right before it's actually time to do all the the water activities like jet ski and tube and uh you know paddle board swim and, uh, you know, start those nice summer activities, man. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for summer. Uh, everybody I've been talking to, everybody that's in school is ready for summer. It's been a uh, last couple weeks have been a grind. You know, everybody's uh, focusing on their crafts. And I think it's uh, it's about time for everybody to get a little break, you know, get a little time for some vacay, some time for some R&R with some friends that you haven't seen in a while, some... Uh, just some chill time, you know, man. It's uh, not everybody can grind every single day of every single year. You you need some time like that, you know. And summer's coming up, and that's the perfect time for that. Especially if you're uh, 
one of these people in Arizona who can't take that 115, 120 weather that you already know is coming up, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that because once it starts passing 110, man, it's like it gets hotter than that. Like it actually does. Like your skin is actually melting tight. Like you can feel it, but you know, gotta gotta live with it. Gotta go outside still. Gotta feel that sun. And ugh, that's that's the time when like you're getting into your car too, and like you you refrain from touching like the least amount of things as possible because you have no clue what's gonna melt your skin off in that car that's been roasting like an oven all day. That's that type where you go 10 minutes before you leave the cribbo and turn your car on just so the AC can attempt to cool that roasting, your roasting seat down or that everybody knows that metal part of the sunbelt. That is off limits when you first get in the car in summer in Arizona, man. But yeah, we're coming up on that. I hope everyone had a good Easter this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel kind of bad, man. I feel like I should have went, attended uh, a sermon or went to church for a little bit and heard what they had to say. But I mean, I've been I've been to church a few times for Easter and sort of kind of the same message, but it's always good to hear that message too. It's always good to hear uh, how intense and uh, the struggles that people back in the day went through, especially, you know, the Lord and his son and... All that good stuff, man. But other than that, uh, I don't know. I talked to some some of the youngins. Easter egg hunts were plentiful and bountiful this year. Broke some world records with the eggs, you know, reaching in the, the 20s, the 25s. Those baskets were overflowing. I hope the chocolate was overflowing, too. That's the one thing that be getting me is uh, any type of holiday that it is, they be having the best chocolate, man. Whether it's Halloween you got those little, uh, the pumpkin Reese's. Come on, bruh. Those are down the hatch. For uh, for Easter even, you have the egg-shaped Reese's. Down the hatch, man. I'm sucker for Reese's. Sucker for anything chocolate, anything peanut butter. Big sucker for that, man. But yeah, Easter, Easter was good. I think all my friends had a good one. I hope. Hope it wasn't too... Uh, lonely if you weren't able to be with the family and hope it wasn't too intense if you intended church and it was everything that you wanted it to be this Easter and you uh, made some goals and uh, thought about what you where you want to be in life for the next Easter so yeah it was a good week last week too Uh, went up a mountain for the first time in like I want to say a few years type, to be honest, going up and down that mountain, man. There's a little stretch where you first start where, like, I swear to you, it's straight vertical. You're sitting here. I'm crouched over having to put an entire stride just to push myself up. And it's not even stairs. It's just a road that goes up. And twice after that, my legs were on fire. I was dead. I was with my friend, and she was over here walking it, walking up and down it like it was flat ground. It wasn't fair, man. Her legs were a little shorter than mine, though. So, you know, that's the excuse that I had was it was easier for her. Those little legs don't have to come up off the ground as much as uh, mine do. But great workout, man. That view up there, too, if you know what I'm talking about, A-Mountain in Tempe, uh, 
you get a 360 view of all of Tempe. You see the lake right there. You see all those business buildings, which are pretty cool to look at, to be honest. You see the, the stadium where the football team plays. You see the bubble where all the other sports teams practice. You get a good look at the university. Down Mill Ave, you can see all the bars. Yeah, man, it's a pretty good view up there. I recommend it. Good workout, and then you get a little bit of a reward up there, too. So, yeah, they're dog-friendly. You saw a bunch of dogs up there, good people. Yeah, they got some fresh air at the elevation. Recommend it if you haven't done it. So, I mean, yeah, I got that workout in last week. Uh, I feel like it's hot tub season in Arizona, too. Went to the hot tub a few times, to be honest. But, I mean, it's it's kind of slight. It gets really nice once the sun goes down. Uh, you can go have a beer or maybe, uh, you know, pour one up, pour whatever you like to drink while you're in the hot tub and have a have a good conversation with some good people and rest your rest your muscles if you uh work out. That's a that's a huge thing too is recovery after you destroy your muscles or after some good workouts. You got to make those muscles feel good. And to me personally, that hot tub water when it's warm and on your muscles, there's no pain. It feels like zero gravity so you're not working them the whole time. Your stretch if you stretch in there, I'm like the best i'm a yoga practitioner in the hot tub my legs can stretch any way that i need to but as soon as i come out of the freaking hot tub for some reason i'll try to stretch one way and it feels like my muscles about to pull but in that hot tub man it feels good but yeah had some good conversation with some friends in there got to relax at nighttime after the heat so yeah it's good too it's fun to bounce back and forth between like the pool and the hot tub too you get that uh that little cold shock and then that hot shock uh right back to your body and i i don't know i don't know technically the exact science behind that but i mean it can only be good for you to get your muscles that different temperatures and shock your body so that it could be prepared for any type of situation or scenario yeah also i had my last shift on saturday at tj's which uh it was a good time. There weren't too many of like my good people. Like I feel like this is I've had a few jobs and I feel like this is a trend for most jobs or maybe people relate to this or maybe they don't, but every job that I've had, there's been like five or six people that are like that's the game. Those are the people that if I come into work and I see they're working, hey, work's about to be slight. I'm about to have a good time. But at the same time, on the days that you come in and those five, six, or few people that you don't rock with aren't there, that work day might be a little, little more so work versus like a chill time or like going up to your friends and having the conversations that you enjoy having at work that make work go by faster. Because at the end of the day, it is work. And who actually, who, I, I maybe this should be a question of the week. Is there any people out there that actually enjoy working? Just enjoy straight up just sitting there and working. Are there people out there like that? Because if there are, I haven't met them. Me personally, work and evil, those equations are really similar to me. But I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Work is, work is what keeps you busy. It keeps you going. Uh, if we all didn't work, then what would, what would we be doing? That's another good question, too, is if humans, maybe not even in America, but humans in general, if they weren't working, 
what do you think we would be doing? Maybe we would get brought together. Maybe we would uh, all focus on the same work, the same goal. Maybe that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe once I'm president, then I'll say, uh, no more work. Nobody works. Everybody just does what they want. They get a stipend every week, $1,000. No clue where that's coming from, but that's what's, what it's going to be when I'm president, all right? That's why y'all got to vote for me. But, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I made a few good connections at TJ. So I guess they somehow heard that these were my last couple of shifts. And I had uh, one of my really, really good friends. He's this uh, older guy come up to me, gave me his number and told me that uh, lunch is on him or dinner's on him uh, in the next couple of months or weeks, he said. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just cool to know that uh, you actually made a lasting impression on somebody, especially in a place that you're working and that there isn't really the need or the forced need of making a relationship like that. But it's just that's just what happens when you interact with a lot of people or interact with certain people. They they enjoy your presence, they enjoy your spirit. So it's good it's good to know that I have a few of those people that I made a lasting impression on and hopefully I can keep making that lasting impression and keep that relationship going on for a while now. So, yeah, I'll meet with that man probably a few more times. We like to talk trash to each other. He's a big sports head. But uh, he's from, or he stays in Tempe, so he's an ASU fan. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, that I go to ASU, love it, love the school. I got school pride, but I was born in Tucson, man, and I'm a basketball player. I'm a basketball fan. U of A, or Tucson in general, that's a basketball city. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but people there love basketball, and U of A is the only team that we have to support. So, I mean, I grew up with my grandpa going to, we had season tickets, we were there every Thursday watching these fools play, and they were good, too. So, it wasn't like we were watching some bad basketball, we were watching high-level basketball in the Pac-12 play, and that's what I grew up on. That's what I grew up on wishing I could play like, modeling my game after and just cheering as a fan. So, I mean, from the start, you get that love and you get that uh, that pride in that sense of you want them to be successful no matter what. So, I mean, I'm a U of A basketball fan, man, and I'm proud to say it. Anybody who, anybody who actually knows me knows that I am not afraid to say that going to ASU. And I will be a fan of U of A probably for the rest of my life now. And even most of my family is too, even the people who aren't from Arizona, they... It's cool to see them buy into that process and see, go to McHale Center and feel the energy and feel the life and the support that they have for that basketball team, which I guarantee you is not even close to the same at ASU basketball games. And I have been to a lot of ASU basketball games and even not even ASU, a lot of college basketball games and even professional level basketball games as a whole, they don't have that energy or that pride and. I think a lot a lot of that goes into literally U of A being the only teams that we can support. So, I mean, football is pretty big at U of A, too, but uh, them fools need to get it together. They need to get it together, but it's always a process, and eventually maybe maybe they'll get there one day, and they'll have, they'll have their time to shine. But uh, continuously waiting on that time, right? It, it's coming, but who knows when. But, yeah, that's how my week went last week. <laughs> Pretty smooth, pretty solid. I enjoyed it. Hit some of the goals that I wanted about uh, forming some relationships and uh, some basketball stuff and 
you know, we made it made it work last week. It was a good time. But uh, in other news, we got uh, we got the world topics. We got the world topics to talk about, and uh, I don't know this one. This one's a little tough this week, or a little tough looking at the stuff that was going on last week. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, man. That is kind of disappointing and tough to see and talk about. But I mean, I don't think a lot of people are talking about everything that's going on around the world as a whole. Obviously, there's individuals who have a certain bias or a certain need to talk about something specific, such as the Ukraine and the Russia war, uh, war, which I mean, that's a that's a huge topic that a lot of people are talking about. But a lot of people are talking about what's going on in China, too, in the Shanghai, the 24-7 lockdown that they have over there. That's crazy, man. I need to do some more research on that. But uh the stuff that I've seen, the videos and the articles that I have read, it's kind of outrageous, man. And I don't know if they're being so severe or so uh, aggressive with uh, this, with COVID right now, if it's a new variant or if too many people pass that threshold of, okay, now we need to go into a full-scale serious lockdown. I don't know what it do- what it is, but I just hope that that type of like authoritarian firm hold on the population does not come here, man, because these people are talking about having been locked in their apartments for 10 days straight, not even able to go outside at all. They're locking the doors to the apartments. Their animals, their pets can't go on walks. They can't go to the grocery stores. The elderly are struggling when they need people to come in and help them, and people can't. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how long that's going to go on, but I was reading stuff all week last week in Shanghai, and it's tough. It's tough out there for those people. So, you know, throwing some support out there. You got people in America who see y'all, who see what's going on, and uh, hopefully y'all can get through that. I hope uh, China is uh, thinking about a good way to deal with this virus, too, so that it can... uh, not affect as many people, and that hopefully this never has to happen ever again. Hopefully the vaccine is uh, getting spread around there, and that helps alleviate some of the cases too, so that this 24-7 or 24-hour, seven days a week lockdown does not have to occur again ever, no matter the the variant and no matter the, the type or the type of virus that's hit. But yeah, other than that, there's also some crazy stuff going on in Sweden, which I mean, I've read some articles and that's been a, a huge buildup of uh, Sweden was one of the major, major countries in Europe who accepted immigrants from the wars in the Middle East, in Syria, in Lebanon, in Jordan, in Iraq, Afghanistan. They were one of the main countries who accepted refugees who needed a place to stay and they had a few programs to help support these people and build them back up to the people that they want to be and are going to be eventually once they make it past these struggles. But uh, there's been some tension recently. Like there was a politician in Sweden who burned a Koran, which is the the holy book for a lot of uh, a lot of people in the Middle East, which I mean is drastic. Like there's no other way to put that other than that is a drastic move by a politician in a country who has a majority of these people living in his country, who, I mean, maybe there is tension. There has been a lot of crime, a lot of violence, 
on that in the immigration side of the country but man i'm not sure if that's the move that you need to take is to burn a religious holy book like like literally that's like burning the bible in america which i mean that would be a statement in itself especially if a politician did it not even if a regular civilian did it but a politician so i mean there's some drastic steps that need to be taken and there's some riots because of that event that happened and they're taking they're they're hurting the police they're hurting um, public transportation and they are not too happy about what happened there and i mean i don't know the full story i'm not there to understand the exact energy or the feel of what's going on in sweden but it's interesting, man, and I think it's just something that should be talked about because uh, it's tough. I mean, thinking thinking about the refugee side, what would you do if your country went to war and you had no other choice other than to evacuate, to flee your country, and there's only one country that uh, is accepting you, that has programs for you to have a better life, you go to that country and you're mistreated. There's prejudice and there's uh, there's hate towards your specific group of people, and dealing with that is is it's tough, man. So I mean, both sides both sides have some stuff that they got to work on and come together and figure out. But yeah, we'll see about that. But yeah, in the nerd world, other than that, uh, all last week, all I was reading is uh, Elon Musk and Twitter, and that's been blowing up on Reddit too. And I think a lot of people are misunderstanding that it's not just Elon trying to make money. It's about having access and having free speech to a social media platform that is so powerful and touches so many people around the world. Which, if if I'm stating my opinion, which obviously I'm going to, and I am 100 million thousand percent with people disagreeing with how I feel. That's And those are the types of people that I would want to have on my podcast, other people that disagree with me so that I can get a new point of view or a new side to the story that I wasn't able to think of myself because I'm, lim- I'm limited to my personal point of view and the stuff that I feel about things. But I kind of agree with the direction and the things that he's trying to bring to social media which is an unregulated platform where you can say what you want without being banned from the platform or being removed from the space where you should be able to say whatever you want and twitter is twitter is gearing more towards that route when they have uh, a public uh, a public board you can invest in twitter when you have uh, board members who are over here trying to regulate the way that Twitter's going so that it's not so much a free speech platform or a free speech place to speak your mind and say the things that maybe you're not you can't say in public around a bunch of people, but that spark those conversations that progress our brains and progress our thoughts about things because you can have a conversation with somebody in Tucson, Arizona, all the way in South Africa or all the way in China or all the way in Europe 
or sit here and talk to people that are going through these crazy things in Ukraine on Twitter. But I mean, as you gear something more towards public and the public have more control over it, then you start talking about family-friendly speech and uh, hate speech and religion speech and... There's all those things that are factors to that that do make people upset, that are touchy subjects, and some people don't want to see that. But I mean, that's what social media is for, is to have those tough conversations or to see the things that people want to talk about. So I think it's interesting that Elon took that giant leap, tried to pay millions and millions and billions of dollars for this platform and to try and bring it back to... A, it's tough. It's tough to say his vision because is his vision correct? Is this one sole idea a correct way that social media should be geared or pushed towards? Is that right? And I mean, there's a lot of people who disagree with that too. I've seen a bunch of people say on Reddit, oh, Elon's, if Elon buys this, I'll never use this site again. Or Twitter's forever ruined. Now one sole pers- person has the the keys to the entire platform. But I mean, isn't that what's happening now? Jack Dorsey created Twitter and he has a firm foothold on a majority of the shares right now. So I mean, isn't that what's already occurring? So what would be the difference of transfer of ownership besides maybe new regulations and even not new regulations, but pulling back on regulations that were implemented on the person before? So, I mean, it's a lot like uh, transfer of power, transfer of uh, ideas and transfer of new things being implemented into a system that's already created, which, I mean, that happens everywhere, regardless of if it's an application, regardless of if it's something somebody created like a business. There's transfer of power in our government. Our president switches out every four years so that we can not have a one-person mindset uh, a one-person mindset as our leadership for forever and that we can, we're can we open and we have new ideas and we're pushed to, to change and pushed to new things and people can get people in power to actually make changes that they want or changes that we need in the country. So, I mean, to sit here and say that there should be no change of power in an application like Twitter or something so powerful like social media like that, it's just why why would we apply that concept to our presidency or to an organization and not to something as big as Twitter? And not even Twitter, this big tech problem that we have right now, there's Facebook, there's uh, Instagram, there's, there's big technologies like Google and Apple and Netflix that have huge influences on our life, even while we're not even sitting here being conscious of it. So, I mean, maybe there is a change. Maybe something does need to happen. And whether it's other people buying up these companies and uh, changing the scope or changing the mindset of where it's at right now, maybe that's needed. Who knows? Who knows what the right answer is to that question? But yeah, that's all that I've been seeing in big tech and big technology right now is just the just the direction. Where's the direction that we want to take it right now? And What's going to benefit people from here on out? So, yeah, that was good. And 
I had a few, I had a few conversations about Reddit with people last week too, and I think Reddit is uh, really important. And I might have to do an entire podcast theme just for Reddit and to explain the potential that that social media has and the goal that that has in people's lives or the redditors and the the tryhard nerds who be going crazy just for one reddit post or just as reddit in a whole but yeah i love that app recommend it to anybody who loves pure information and first first hand like sources there's videos on reddit that would never even touch facebook and touch twitter now that I think a lot of people should see. A lot of people should know before traveling or before going somewhere that this is what's happening in the world. And you should be made aware that this is what people go through. And we're blessed in America. We're really blessed to be sheltered from a lot of the crazy things that actually legit happen out there. And just me personally, I think it opens up my brain a little bit to be able to see all the things that people go through and the struggles that they have, which are enormous, enormous, uh, can't even say that word, enormously, enormously huge. We're just going to change the word to huge, hugely uh, different than the problems that we experience here in America. So, yeah, wrapping it up, though. Uh, gonna go into the last little 10 minutes, you know, with the little outro with the, the goals for this week. The goals for this week are, uh, we're getting to the end of April. So, you know, uh, just trying to get that 1% better. I've been working on that project. It's going pretty well, this coding project and, uh, coding takes a lot. It's a lot of practice, a lot of little things that you create as just a habit that you don't even think about anymore. But building those habits is takes forever it's just that one percent every day compounding into i don't have to think about this anymore and it's autonomous and we're moving at like the speed that we need to be going to start getting things done so i mean i'm not there yet but i'm reaching that plateau where uh the hard work will pay off and you'll be able to break through that and then from there on it's just continual exponential growth after that versus the little little minute one percent gains every day but yeah, that's a huge goal for this week is getting that project down, uh, working. This new job is pretty good. It's just customer service, so I'm sitting here all day. Yes, sir. No, sir. Did you turn it off? Did you turn it back on? Literally, that's that's. I think that's customer service as a whole. Is before people should be allowed to call you, if they have not turned their machine off and turned that machine back on. It should be illegal for them to call my phone or call my line asking for help. And I will come find you people because I'm starting to realize the exact type of people that you are. And I will get you with, uh, with uh, I don't know, with a firm, firm no. Firm do not do this, man. All right. But yeah, uh, going to leave you all with a good uh, question of the week, which I think is pretty interesting. I heard, I was listening to a few podcasts earlier this week and I heard a few different ideas of like, they were talking about rationality and about how people think about things like actually realistically without having bias or having opinions come in the way or mess up the way that you're thinking. 
And one of the guys said was, anytime somebody says something super irrational that they firmly, truly believe in, his next question to them is, do you believe in ghosts? So what I'm leaving y'all with is the question of the week, do y'all believe in ghosts? And if so, or if not, why? So I think that'll be, that That sparks a, a little bit of an interesting question because then you start to see how people actually had an experience where a ghost has touched their lives or not a ghost, maybe just an energy or something. Because me personally, there's been some weird, there's been some weird stuff that has happened to me. And I mean, I guess we can talk about that next week, but I don't know. Everybody's answer to that question is a little bit interesting. And if it's no, then the why is always really interesting too, because you'll have these scientists who say, logically, according to the calculations of my calculator, then how would a ghost be influencing blah, blah, blah. So you'll have the, you'll have the very, very rational people you'll even who who uh don't believe in ghosts because of the science you'll have the rational people who do believe in ghosts because they've had an experience you'll have the rational people who don't believe in ghosts because they believe that ghosts don't exist and it's uh maybe it's some fantasy creature instead or some crazy thing or you'll have the irrational people who uh do believe in ghosts because ghosts are your spirits once you pass away, and that's what they believe in 100%. So, I mean, it'll be funny to see what my friends, which category my friends fall into, and the logic they have behind whether ghosts are real or not. So, I thought that was an interesting question, and I wanted to leave y'all with that. And then, also, uh, if you know me pretty well, you'll know that I like to cook. So I'm, I'm gonna try to work on some work on some experiments, you know. I like I like American food. I know that sounds cliche because I'm an American and I was born here, but American food is just it's hard to beat, man. It's a good burger, but like not even a burger, but like the way you style the burger, the sauces you put on it. If you have French fries, the dipping sauces in the fries, the seasoning on the homemade fries, you know, it's that's the stuff that I like making, man. The pizzas, the the oh, I'm gonna get roasted for this, but the glizzies, the you know, all that all those little things that are kinda kinda bad for you, you know. I'll make once or twice a week. And uh, I like to put a little twist on it, so that's what I'm gonna be working on too. And then I guess I'll leave y'all with this uh, <laughs> this Yeet song that I played in the beginning, which uh, <laughs> that's funny, man, because there's a huge disconnect, I feel like, between the elderly folks' music right now, consider, specifically considering rap, and uh, the folks of like my generation, or not even my generation, but a few below me, like a, a few years younger, Huge disconnect. The stuff that we're listening to now is not even close to the stuff that was being played in like the late 90s, early 2000s. It's all techno and auto-tune, which I enjoy. I enjoy both worlds. But I mean, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody in the generations above me who are a little bit older who would sit here and listen fully to Yeet Song. So I think it's interesting to bring that to the table. For anybody who's slightly older listening to the podcast, if they want to check out Eat, 
see what he's about. He's pretty big in the younger generation's music realm right now. So yeah, if I can put y'all onto something new, then go ahead and give Yeet a listen. Give him a try and see what you think. So peace out, y'all. I'll hit y'all back later this Friday with another edition of Life on Earth. Appreciate y'all. Have a blessed week. And go crazy to this Z song, baby. Yeah, uh, I